Sardis. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Some of the strongest denunciation that the Christ of the lampsticks gave to this church. As a church, there was no words of commendation. There was some mention of a faithful few. Thank God, God always seems to have a faithful few. But to a church as a church, he had no words of commendation. Praise God. And under the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. A name that shall live, but you're dead. Let me just insert this. They were in name only. I want you to hold on to that. They were in name only. Be watchful. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received, and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith, under the churches. Could we just praise him again? Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 My God. Praise the Lord. If you'll help us a while this morning, you can be seated. I want to preface our remarks this morning that church, our ears are blessed. Our eyes are blessed. Jesus said to the disciples one time, Blessed are your ears, for they hear. And blessed are your eyes, for they see. For I say unto thee that many prophets and many righteous men have desired to hear the things that you hear, 
and have not heard them, and to see the things that you see and have not saw them. Praise God. Another time he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast hid, thou hast hid this from the wise and the prudent, but hast revealed it unto babes. Praise God. Moses said, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but things which are revealed belong to us and to our children that we may do all the words of this law. There are some things that God has revealed. Praise God. There are some things he has made known. There are some things he has let us in on. There are some things he has shared. Praise God. Uh, Peter spoke about the prophets that these, when they spake, they inquired diligently of the time. And went on to say that of which the angels desire to look into it. And no doubt this is symbolized and foreshadowed when God gave Moses the instructions about the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. The tables of the testimony was placed on the inside. It demanded death to the offender. But God covered that with a mercy seat. And on either side of it, on each end, there was a cherubim with fixed gaze at the place where the blood was applied. Angels desire to look into what we have. Hallelujah. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all died in faith, having not received the promises but having seen them afar off and persuaded themselves and embraced themselves that they were strangers and pilgrim on earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. God having provided something better for them that they without us. That they without us would not be perfect. Hallelujah! At Caesarea Philippi, where Peter made his great confession, and he said, Thou art the Christ. You are the anointed of Jehovah. You are the Messiah. You are the promised one. You are the one that all the sages and seers and prophets said was coming. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, of flesh and blood. Never reveal this to thee, but my Father. And upon this rock, upon this rock, upon this rock, this church is built upon the doctrine that Jesus Christ is the mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm feeling it this morning. I want you to know you're not in some kind of a little Johnny-come-lately thing. 
This is not some kind of an off-the-cuff decision that God made when everything else flopped. The Apostle Peter said we were the elect according to the foreknowledge of God. The foreknowledge of God is just that, what God foreknew, and He foreknew all things. Known unto the Lord all His works from the beginning of the creation. Praise God. The apostle said that He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Hallelujah! There was not a prophet that saw this church. Not an Old Testament prophet saw this church. Hallelujah! God kept this secret. It was in His mind and plan. But one day God began to reveal it. Hallelujah! God made stars, He made the heavens, He made the universe. But he bought the church. He bought the church. He bought the church. Hallelujah. The apostle said that this, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God never chose his inheritance to necessarily be in angels. He never chose it to be in stars or real estate or planet or moons. He chose it would be in his saints. It would be in his church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. When the here and the now is no more, when the last ashes of this has been blown into God's everlasting forever, when the last soul is sunk down into his bed in hell, There'll be somebody singing, A worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. That was slain has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every nation, every kindred, every tongue, and every people. It's the wisdom of ages to find the direction that God is moving and then move with Him. Hallelujah! Find what direction He's going and go with Him. Find what God is in, get in it. My God, He's in this church. You get the vision of the glorified Christ. His hair like wool. His eyes like flames of fire. His feet like brass burning a furnace. He's right out in the midst of it. He's in the activities of it. He's in the processes of it. He's getting it ready for rapture. Hallelujah. Jesus died for a lost world, but he knew the world in mass. The world as a whole would never come to him.
he chose, he called out this ecclesia, this called out assembly, this blood bought, this Jesus name baptized, this Holy Ghost filled. Oh, my, my. Hallelujah. Here we find him speaking to us in these seven letters. Praise God. We mentioned the fourfold application. They are to the local churches addressed. There were seven churches in Asia, but there was more. But he chose these seven for a particular reason because they foreshadow and portray seven church ages, seven church periods. They are admonitory to all churches of all time. They are prophetic in that they portray seven church ages. And thank God they are individual. He that had the ears to hear, let him hear. Praise God. You can be Ephesian and your first love gone. You can be Pergamus and love the world. You don't have to be. You can be a Thyatira type person and be a compromiser. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be Laodicea and lukewarm. But I tell you, whatever the circumstances of the situation surrounds us, you can be an overcomer. Hallelujah. If everybody in the church has got a television, you don't have to have one. If the other women in the church cut the hair, you don't have to cut yours. Praise God. If the other folks sleep in on Sunday morning, you can get up and get out to the house of God. You got to overcome the prevailing situation you live around. Then in these letters, we have his title. We have his commendation. He only commended a few faithful ones here in Sardis. We have his complaint. We have his counsel. And we have his promise. Prophetically this morning, the Sardis church, everyone said prophetically. I'll get on to the practically, the practical after a while. But for a little while, prophetically, it's the church of the Reformation. The word Sardis means escaping one, remnant. Praise God. About 1500 A.D. and uh, the time of the Protestant Reformation, what they call, and when we begin to study about these men, Wycliffe in the 14th century translated the Bible into the English language. Luther in the 16th century got the ball rolling. George Fox in the 17th century was the leader of the Quakers. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, because they had a method. And from these reformers, there's come some 260 religious bodies and denominations scattered throughout America and around the world. We call them denominations. 
They are nominal because they are in name only. Praise God. Now, prophetically, it portrays them. Their works are not perfect. Their works are not complete. Their works are not fulfilled. They don't go far enough. Never got too many amens on that. Oh, uh, you'll hear almost any Tom, Dick, and Harry say he's been born again. Jimmy Carter campaigned with the president a few years ago saying he was a born again. Hallelujah. But what it is, they don't preach you got to be born again of water and spirit. You got to be born again, but you got to go the Bible way. Hallelujah. Almost every one of them has got some kind of a characteristic dogma, doctrine, teaching. Praise God. They want to accept Christ. They want to accept Christ. They want to reject Christ, but they want, they want to accept Christ but reject his name. I want to ask you, can you accept Christ as Savior and reject baptism in his name? Can you accept Christ as Lord and Savior and deny speaking in tongues? They want to say they believe on the Lord, but they don't want to believe on him as the scripture said. I want to remind you, church, you believe on the Lord by repentance. You believe on the Lord by being baptized in his name. You believe on the Lord by receiving the Holy Ghost. They just don't go far enough. Praise God. They just don't go far enough. Hallelujah. Praise God. They may have some truth, but they don't have all the truth. They may live by some of the Bible, but you've got to live by all the Bible. They may obey some scripture, but you've got to obey all the scripture. Praise God. What about these charismatics? Suppose some of them did get the Holy Ghost, but they got to have the right mama. I'm feeling it today. I'm not going to say some of them didn't get the Holy Ghost, but they're going to have to get in an apostolic church. Ishmael had the right daddy, but it didn't have the right mama. Praise God. And if you get the Holy Ghost over there and it doesn't lead you to the truth, you're going to lose what you had. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so you see here to a church, 
Let's get down close to home. The strongest denunciation of any of the seven churches, he gave it to Sardis. It seems that her condition was totally uncalled for. She was dying when she ought to have been living. Praise God. Now, I hope I don't cross anybody's theology, but I believe the seven spirits of God just speaks of the completeness and the perfection of the work of the Holy Ghost in the church. My Bible said there's one Lord and one body and one spirit. And since seven is God's complete number, God's perfect number, God's number of dispensational fullness, it was a church that died that had the fullness of the operation of the spirit. Praise God. He was the one that had the seven stars of functioning ministry. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to backslide. You don't have to be lukewarm. You don't have to be cold. You don't have to lose out. You don't have to be defeated. But the devil can't, doesn't have to get the best of you. They died when they ought to have been thriving. They died when they ought to have been living. They were being defeated when they ought to have been overcoming. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. No use anyone to backslide around an apostolic church. I've never in all my life, 30 some odd years of pastoral experience, Council Grove's a little town, but per capita. Everybody said per capita. It's got more backsliders, more hypocrites, more reprobates, and more devils than any place I've ever seen in my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you this morning, there's no need for anybody to backslide in Kansas. not a one of us that need to die and lose out of God or we're living in the atmosphere of the power and the moving of the Spirit of God. This good old preaching propagates life. Jesus said my words are spirit and they are life. My God, you got something to live and make you live. Hallelujah. It's been a problem to me. I've wondered how that some folks could sit in a church with tremendous ministry, tremendous movings of the Holy Ghost, Every kind of an opportunity to be victorious. Every right to be spirit-filled. Every opportunity to be on fire for God. 
and sit there and die. You may not appreciate it, but there's preachers backslid preaching sermons, living in parsonage, past pastoring churches. There's folks backslid playing organs and pianos and beating on drums. Singing in the choir loft. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. There must be something they're failing to assimilate. They're failing to appropriate. They're failing to get a hold of. I want you to know when a preacher's up here preaching, he's just not beating his gums. He's not up there getting loud and, and all sweaty uh, just to be having a good time. He's trying to keep somebody out of hell. He's trying to get somebody to turn around. He's trying to get somebody to pray through. He's trying to get somebody to wake up. Hallelujah. He sees you sitting back there when you don't get in. He sees that destitute look on your face. He sees that you're blighted. You're blasted. He's trying to get a hold of you by the word of God and shake you out of that lethargy. Hallelujah. Oh my God, let us love it. The psalmist said, light my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Brother Fuller preached to me. Brother Westberg lay it on me. Don't let me sit there with sin in my life. Don't let me sit there with a bad spirit. Don't let me sit there with a carnal attitude. Don't let me sit there playing around with the world. I'll get the word of God and work me over. Get a hold of it or you'll die. Hallelujah. Praise God. You got a veil. You see, Sardis never availed themselves. They had organization, but they didn't know how to agonize. They had form, but they never had force. Had a form of government, but never had any power. Praise God. They had preaching, but didn't have any option. Didn't have any anointing. They had prayer, but no victory. Oh, dear God, you can go to prayer every day, but never really get prayed through. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't pray through a sin in your life. God's Bible said, if you regard iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. You can't pray through with rebellion in your heart. The Bible said, he that turns his ears from the hearing of the law, this prayer becomes abomination. Hallelujah. You've got to clean up, clean out, and get right, or you're on your way out.
dying when they ought to have been living. Thri dying when they ought to have been thriving. Hallelujah. Praise God. When fruit swivels, dies on the vine, some or another it loses connection. It's still hanging, but some or another's not getting any life. It's not getting any sap from the vine or the tree, and it just swivels up, becomes deformed and freakish, immature, and undeveloped, never ripens, never matures, never mellows, never develops, never becomes anything that anybody could use. Might be hog feed, might be swap, but certainly nothing for human consumption. Praise God. You can sit around the church but really not be getting the sap of the life of it. Hallelujah. I want to be plugged in when I come to camp meeting. Praise God. I want to be in touch. I want to be able to get with it. Hallelujah. Dying in the presence of life. <laughs> now, scientifically, everybody said scientifically. Everybody said scientifically. Scientifically, proven fact is that you, any living organism, any living thing, if it's alive, has to have three things. And if it doesn't have these three things, scientifically, it's dead. And I think all three of them are significant. Number one, it has to have a digestive system. It's got to get something out of the air, out of the water, off of a tree, out of the ground, somewhere. It's got to get some kind of food that it lives on. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know why some folks sleeping on Sunday morning? They don't have any appetite. I've never saw any dead people yet hungry. Dead people don't eat. Dead people don't get thirsty anymore. Dead people don't have any appetite. If you come and you don't have any appetite, then you are spiritually dead. Praise God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. As the heart pants for the water brooks, so my heart pants after the old God. You're dead when you don't have any spiritual appetite. Hallelujah. How does it work? Come in, flop down, cross your leg. Okay. Be glad to get the show on the road. 
so I can get over out of this, get it over, and get out of this, I want to go to McDonald's. They got an appetite for the wrong things. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, you are in danger when you lose your relish and your thirst and your appetite for the special precious things of God. Hallelujah. God wants people that come hungry. God wants people that come thirsty. God wants somebody that's got a spiritual voracious appetite. You're dead if you don't eat. And then it's got to reproduce its kind. If it doesn't have some kind of a reproductive system. If it doesn't propagate its kind. If it doesn't reproduce its kind. It's dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why we got to have altars. Praise God. We're going to have somebody praying through. We're going to have some new babies. Hallelujah. I don't know of anything that will fill a church more than some new babies. I think that's according to Scripture. God rejoices more over one sinner than 99 just persons. And the third thing, scientifically you're dead if you don't respond to what's going on around you. I preached quite a few funerals. I stood there when wives and mothers, children, loved ones gathered around the casket. And they, they've talked to that deceased one. Some of them maybe made promises. Maybe some of them kissed that silent face. Told, told mama, told daddy, told somebody. But there was no response from that corpse. You see, Sardis, instead of being a church, became a corpse. Instead of being a lively stone, you can be just somebody dead hanging around the church. Praise God. You're dead if you don't have an appetite. We're dead if we don't reproduce our kind. And we're dead if we don't respond to what's going on around us. Hallelujah. But there's something that when that Holy Ghost begins to move, a hand's going to go up. You're going to get loose. I want to tell you it's not the one that maybe overdoes it that I get too concerned about. It's the one that don't get touched. It's the one that doesn't get moved. It's the one that don't get stirred. It's the one that never gets beside themselves. That's the one I'm concerned about. When they sat back there with a great stone face, cold, indifferent, unconcerned, but much I don't think we have to do all that. You don't really understand the truth about who you are if you don't un I believe that. You're a priest. 
you got to function. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 As a priest, you got the right to draw near to God. It's contrary to what God saved you for to sit back and draw back. He has no plagues in him that draws back to perdition. God gets no glory of you coming cold and endeavoring your soul and no spirit of worship about you. This pulpit's an inanimate object. It does not matter to it what kind of an attitude I'm in when I come in here. This pew's an inanimate object. It does not matter to it what kind of an attitude I'm in, but it does matter to God. Hallelujah! Praise God! Suppose that Brother and Sister Scott invite Sister Much and I over. And Sister Scott prepares some good beans and cornbread. I think that's what you had the last time, wasn't it? You'll never disappoint me having beans and cornbread. I can get my own cornbread and milk. I've made a million meal on cornbread and milk. Hallelujah. But suppose I come in and, and I, I'm their guest. I've come to enjoy their hospitality. I've come for friendship. I've come for fellowship. And I just sit there cold, indifferent, unfriendly, nonchalant, unconcerned, no expressions of gratitude, no appreciation of their kindness. I sit down and I eat my beans and cornbread, raise up, get my coat, walk out and go home. I'll probably never be invited back. I want to tell you God is a whole lot more sensitive than we are. I want to say that again, God is a whole lot more sensitive than we are. You better not come in here indifferent and unconcerned. You're coming into his house. Uh, you're coming into his presence. That's why he said, enter into his gates with praise, into his courts with thanksgiving. Know ye the Lord that he is God. It is he that made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Praise him with the psaltery. Praise him with the harp. Praise him with the organ. I praise him with the string instruments. Praise him on the loud cymbal. I praise him on the high sounding cymbals. And let everything that hath breath Oh, hallelujah! Sardis was dying when she ought to have been living. Hallelujah! You're dead if you have no appetite. 
We're dead if we don't reproduce. And we're dead if we don't respond. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm feeling good about this. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got in the Bible where somebody was left half dead. We got in the Bible where folks are dead in trespasses and sins. And we got in the Bible where some folks are twice dead. Half dead, dead, twice dead. Plucked up with the roots. Peter said, you as lively stones, lively stones, are built up a spiritual house whereby we offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Praise God. Offer God the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name continuously. Praise God. You got to respond. Hallelujah. And if you don't, there's something wrong. Praise God. Now notice here that he tells Sardis, be watchful. No words of commendation to Sardis as a church as a whole. I wonder if that was the problem, that they had not been watchful. The history of that city goes way, way back there, and twice it fell because they wasn't watching. And we're kind of quiet right now, but I'm going to preach a while. We got some folks that are not doing too good a job at watching. We got some preachers that's a little careless about watching. We're kind of quiet right now, but I can preach when it's quiet too. Oh, hallelujah. I want to say it, preacher, you better watch your credit. Come on, don't you sell up on me. Preacher, when you leave a city and you owe everybody in town the bill collectors after you, don't you start shouting and kicking up your heels somewhere else until you get your flimsy lies straightened out. Praise God. Hallelujah. You better watch these unpaid bills. I heard about these two fellows that went to the prayer room. And one was praying, God, give us some devil chase and victory. And the fellow that he owed some money was standing there and said, God, give us some debt paying victory too. Praise God. Let me tell you, preacher, when you put your name on the dotted line, you will cooperate with the financial district, and you don't. You're lying. 
I question your integrity with God when you don't cooperate with a financial plan. Anytime, saint of God, that you don't pay your tithes and you rob God, you've blowed your integrity with God. You better watch your business life. I'm going to be 55 years old here next month. I've never felt stronger the pressures of these last days of lust, this nudity. Jesus said they would be the return of the rock days. That'd be the return of the days of Noah. It's going to sweep millions into hell, but it's sweeping men out of pulpits and out of parsonages and preachers' wives up behind the piano and the organ and dragging them out of the church and down the road to hell. I give their watch. Praise God, you better watch. You better watch that little flirtation. How you doing, honey? Ripping them up the back. You better keep your hands off of somebody else's life. Hallelujah, you can't flirt and play around and keep your garments white. You flirt and play around, you'll get your garments spotted in the flesh. Every man that went into adultery probably played around and didn't watch that stuff. I'm feeling good about this this morning. And if some of you don't like it, I just can't help it, honey. Somebody's going to preach against this adultery and preachers. Praise God. Oh, but I want to tell you, God's got some like inside us that are white, that are clean, that are worthy. They've not defiled their garments. I was under two pastors. One of them went into moral sin. The other one went into latter rain. And I was talking to an old man about this pastor of mine that went into sin. And he told me, he said, that cross is the path of every man. And I was only about 22 years old, and I just could hardly believe it, how that crossed the preacher's path. But I lived long enough till I found out that'd be just about Jesus falling off a log. One day, Brother Khan, when it presented itself, it made itself available. It was there. All I would have had to have done was just kind of encouraged it, just kind of played around with it. But you know, Jesus put the devil with this book. I went, Brother Fuller, and I got my Bible. He that commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He that commits adultery with a woman destroys his own soul. Hallelujah. A wound and a dishonor shall he get 
and a reproach that will never be wiped away. I underlined every one of them. Praise God. By the means of a horse woman, a man is reduced to a piece of bread. When I was on the farm, we pulled that in a slop bucket. We took that out to the old sound pigs. Today they feed it to Fido or throw it in the garbage bag or run it down the garbage disposal. You see, a horse woman makes a man to where there's nothing left of him. I want to tell you, saint of God and preacher friend, you better watch your life. You better watch your step. Jesus knew what he was saying when he said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, but the flesh, but the flesh is weak. Young man, if you're here this morning, you're aspiring to the ministry, you better watch your step. It'd be better you set yourself aside from all of them till you got direction from God. You got your foot on the rock. You got the cobwebs out of your mind. You got your head straightened out right. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know when I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to tell you, you can't play around with the flesh. I want to tell you, you can't play around with the flesh. You cannot trust it. You cannot put confidence in it. It will fail you. It will let you down. There's greater men, there's bigger men, there's stronger men than any of us that it brought down. Delilah done deceptive to what a thousand Philistines couldn't do. You better watch it. Is this all right? In these years, I've watched people. God made us watchmen. And I've watched preachers. I've been in preachers' homes, lots of them. And there's some men that fell that I didn't know. So it might have been on the mission field. It might have been halfway across the continent that I just heard about. I just didn't know them. But there's some men, Brother Dudley, that I did know. There's some men that fell that I'd slept in their bed. They had me for special speaking engagements. They fed me good. They paid me well. They, they, I mean, I mean they, they, they took care of Brother Muncy. I was there for revivals. I was there for Bible teaching. I was there for anniversary. I was there for special services. And almost without exception, that preceding his fall, there was an insubordination. There was a haughtiness. There was an arrogancy. There was a cockiness.
Why do you think it happened? The Bible said pride is before destruction and a Holy Spirit before fall. Let me tell you whether you are a saint or a preacher, when you get cocky and you get haughty and you get arrogant and you get insubordinate and you don't want to be submissive and you don't want to obey and you don't want to line up and you don't want to cooperate, you're getting on a long, crazy slide. God hates that in a saint. He hates it in a preacher. It's hellish and it's devilish wherever it's at. Why, I've already talked to my pastor, Brother Westberg, since being here. I want him to watch for me. Don't you ever hesitate to pull my coat, Brother Westberg. Don't you ever uh, hesitate to counsel. Say, Brother Muncie, you're getting bitter. You're getting off course. I want somebody to tell me before it's too late to tell me. I want somebody to wake me up before it's too late to wake me up. I want somebody to get a hold of me before it's too late to get a hold of me. Somebody jerk me back before I'm too far gone. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, you and I can be in name only. We, don't, we can say the denomination of the world are in name only. But you see, we got some apostolics that just just in name only. They don't worship apostolic. They don't live apostolic. They don't really believe apostolic. They just hang around in the apostolic church. They fight the preacher. They fight standard. They fight worship. They fight government. They fight authority. I'm going to tell you that real apostolics love church government. They love the pastor. They want rule. They want authority. Let me tell you right now, the Holy Ghost don't set you foot loose and set you free. Don't let the devil or anybody else tell you that when you get the Holy Ghost, you don't need a pastor, and you don't need government, and you don't need a party, and you don't need rule. That's a lie. First thing that God did for Israel when they got them across the Red Sea was set up a place of worship and give them law. Give them law. That law that came down with Moses, three divisions, commandments, judgments, and ordinances. The commandments governed the moral individual life. The judgments governed the domestic and civil life. And the ordinances governed the spiritual and the religious life. Every phase and facet of their life was under the auspices and the control of the Word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is this all right? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Be watchful. 
Rouse yourself. Keep yourself awake. Invigorate yourself. Shake yourself. I've never been drunk in my life. Never been intoxicated on any kind of an alcoholic beverage. Never been out on a drug trip. But I have heard and understand that some young men that may be passed out on the couch and somebody got him up and got him out in the open air and kept walking him. He'd have never woke up if they'd have left him alone. Brother Westberg, keep waking me up. Hallelujah. The church at Sardis was a name only. It was a has-been. It was a used-to-be. It was a once-was. The history of Sardis belonged to the past. The glory had gone. It was Ichabod. Thou hast a name that thou livest, but thou art dead. You see, it belonged to the past. I wonder this morning, am I preaching to somebody that your experience is sort of Sardis? It belongs to the past. You're kind of living on past experiences. You're kind of daydreaming about what used to be and what once was. Praise God. You'll never bring revival thinking about just past experiences. You've got to get something in God's here and now. Praise God. I may have told you this. A few years ago, I had Bell's palsy. And my mouth was so drawn. You probably can see if I laugh that it's still crooked, but my mouth was so drawn around that my wife put a no visitors sign on the door. Didn't want nobody to see me in that kind of a shape with my mouth drawn around. I thought I'd had a stroke, but it was Bell's palsy. Seventh cranial nerve that goes up to your brain that controls the facial expressions. If I didn't, hadn't have got better, my preaching days was over. My speech was slurred. The pain and the pressure in my head was unbearable. I would tell myself that I was Lee J. Muncy. I was born August the 12th, 1930. I married Evelyn Decker February the 5th, 1950. And Dwayne was born November the 29th, 1952. I was doing all this to see if I had my sanity, if I still had a mind. They sent me to a hospital in Redding, California to be examined by a neurosurgeon for possible brain tumor. I saw my own brain on a screen. I didn't see no tumor up there. One of the nurses that was giving me all these tests was asking me about kind of thumping my pulse, and I told her, I said, I resolve myself to any and all eventualities. I'll get back because I'm going to lead right back. Hallelujah. I came home. There was no tumor. There was no medication. I just had to recuperate. The church sent a sister months out in the mountains for about two weeks. I there read the book of Ecclesiastes nine times, got a concept and a revelation on that. But laying in my bed, the Word of God began to come with such clarity. 
In that time, I reached out for death. I thought I was going to die. I embraced it. I told my son and one of the men of the church that dying is mine. But when Brother Scott God began to bring the Word of God to me with such clarity, when I had to be helped out of bed and helped back in bed, I, I thought, surely, God, you're giving me messages. The Word of God is coming with clarity and concept like I've never saw. So I must be going to preach again. You know how I feel? I don't belong to the past. I believe my greatest and my best are yet ahead of me. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't be a sardis. Hallelujah. You can be your best for God. You don't have to live on past experiences. God just as real now as it was 40 years ago. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. We got anybody from Council Grove, I've already told them, but I'll tell it again. That little old shaky, rotted, down, dilapidated building, I don't believe that its history belongs to the past. I believe it belongs to the future. Hallelujah! I believe the United Pentecostal Church in Council Grove, its, it, it's history belongs to the future. I don't believe this organization is going to fold up. Praise God. There may be a few here that has been. Now, he tells this church here to be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. Now, there may be some things in your life that need strengthening. Praise God. Hallelujah. Just because that you had the Holy Ghost for 30 or 40 years. And you've been pastoring for 20 or 25. That doesn't mean that you don't have some weak points. Hallelujah. Praise God. I dare say in most all of our lives here this morning, there's some areas that we need to do some fortifying. We need to do some solidifying. We need to do some edifying. We need to do some building up. We need to do some strengthening in some of the areas of our life. Praise God. Church on Sunday morning is good, but why not Sunday night? Why not Tuesday night? Why not Thursday night? I think one of the areas that we especially need, and that's the area of prayer and our personal private devotion, where we cultivate our own devotional habits. 
that we don't wait till we get to church 15 minutes early and run in the prayer room and try to get a hold of God and shake heaven. And we come out, and my God, didn't it been, was just really good in there. I don't think you'll ever last like that. You're going to have to cultivate some things that you're going to do on Monday. Some things you're going to be doing on Tuesday. Some things you're going to be doing on Wednesday. Some things you're going to be doing on Thursday. Some things you're going to be doing on Friday. Some things you're going to be doing on Saturday. And some things you're going to be doing on Sunday. That you're strengthening some areas and some things in your life uh, so the devil will not blow you down and knock you over. When temptations come, uh, you can stand. I have been in preachers' homes where they never prayed. No wonder they lost out. Hallelujah. And some saints, if they don't pray any more than they pray at church, you just might as well say they don't pray. Somebody said that we might as well conclude that the ministry today is a prayerless ministry. There might be some, but there God's got some men that are men. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you'll follow in the psalmist's life, you'll find him out there writing psalms and, and making melody and love to his God. Even when he was cut off and away from the house of God, uh, he was talking about his God and, and his love for his God and his relish for the word of his God. You've got to get something hid down on the inside of you uh, when you get away from the helpful influences that you've got strength. Praise God. One of the things that sometimes never happens in some folks' lives, they won't, they won't let God take them there. Uh, God wants to take you to Calvary. And there's where that you are never again the same. Praise God. God bless our precious young ladies and our precious young men. And I used to teach youth camp in California almost every year. They'd have me up there teaching youth camp. And I'd watch them and they'd come with their real pretty hair and their high heels and their real pretty dresses. And, and, and they'd sing in the choir. And he was a young minister and he'd have his brass buttons and, and his uh, double-breasted suit and his spit-shine shoes and his little highly polished automobile. And uh, he was preparing for the ministry. And God bless them. They're precious. And we love them. And we hope they make it. But I'll tell you, whenever they'll amount to something for God, be one day that maybe with a sick baby, that she'll, in the middle of the night, will surrender herself to God. Hallelujah, God! If I never have a pretty home in this world, if I never wear fancy clothes, if we never have anything much in the world, if you'll heal my baby, I'll love you, God. I'll serve you. And she gets a hold of something. She begins that, that daily devotion. That's making melody in her heart. She begins to strengthen the things that lack. Maybe one day that little 
home missions pastor. He's went to Bible school. They've told him how to do it. He's got some books on soul winning and ten easy lessons. He's got some sermons by some Baptist preacher. Theoretically, it ought to work. <laughs> he ought to just go out. They told him in Bible school, this is the way you do it, so he goes out. I'm Reverend so-and-so of the United Pentecostal Church. We're over in the storefront on the wrong side of their tracks uh, down the alley. I'm sorry, but I got my own religion. And after about four or five months, Brother Fuller, the holes is in the soles of his shoe. He's barely making his car payment. They're just about to not be able to pay the rent. Some of you preachers identify with this. But that young man one night, maybe in the middle of the night, between the porch and the altar, there's some things in his life that need strengthening. There's some areas of his life that's unfulfilled. There's some things in his life that he has never learned. He has never implemented. He is foreign. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of folks sitting here today that don't know anything about walking down by uh, being led beside still waters and lying down in green pastures. That's an experience you only hear about. Praise God. One of these days, if you let God, God will take you there. That young man, he dies there between the porch and the altar. He gets rid of that idea of trying to be a big-time preacher. He just wants God to take him and make him the man that he wants to be. He loses that vanity. He sees through that getting his hairstyle. Praise God. His wife will see through that lip gloss and that gumbo on her face. Praise God. God's taking him somewhere to get the cobwebs out of his mind. Others areas. God wants to show him and strengthen and fortify those areas. But he's got to die and go to Calvary to ever find it. Shorty, I've not been all that long in Kansas. But we got preachers out in California. About all they preach is someone else's tape. They really don't do their own praying. They don't do their own digging. They don't do their own searching. And they'll try to rephrase it and call it something else. He had some kind of a high-powered name. And they'll try to do something and give it a little bit more of a high-powered name. But I'm telling you, if you never get beyond that, there's going to be a lot of unfulfilled works in your life. 
There's going to be a lot of areas of your life that will be unfulfilled. There will be a lot of things that God wants you to do that you'll not be doing. When you're cold and carnal, you don't understand that singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Some of the greatest messages that God ever gave me, He gave me maybe cleaning up for my boy in California run a fiberglass plant, and I was a cleanup boy. Out there at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning cleaning up before the crew got there and talking to God. When I pastored in London, I worked about three and a half years in a cemetery. I waltzed, dodging tombstones. I talked in tongues in the bottom of a deep, dark grave. Praise God. I'm telling you, you've got to get something living on the inside of you. You've got to let God take it to Calvary and put things in you you'll never know until he does. You have a lot of unfulfilled works. What do you do? You go to the prayer room but won't get prayed through. You'll come to church and you'll go through the calisthenics of worship but not really get touched. You'll clap your hands and you'll pull one up once in a while but down in your soul you're wanting it to hurry up and get over. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He calls upon Sardis to remember. He called upon Ephesus to remember how thou hast received and how thou hast heard. There's some things that come into my life I don't want God to ever some way take them from me. Hallelujah, there's an anointing I don't want to lift. There's a touch I don't want to lift. Uh, there's a life I don't want to lose. Uh, there's a walk I don't want to lose. In my Calvary, when I was going up to the church during that time in the fall of 1962, and I lay on my face, under the front pew and I'd say God if I backslide let them find me here but when I came out on the other side he took some things out of me thank God I don't ever want back I don't want any vile or bitterness in my heart I don't want to have to speak slur and cynical about somebody praise God I don't want to have to badmouth another minister or run the superintendent down. I want to love and respect my fellow minister. I want to love and respect the saints. There's some things that we need to strengthen. Is this all right? I'm telling you, preacher, you better strengthen yourself on ethics. You better get some principles about you or your ministry ain't going nowhere but flopping. 
You're not going to do anything but make one mess out of yourself until you get some ethics and some principles about you. God don't use anybody to do anything in unethical ways. God's not in anything you've got to do in an unethical way. If you've got to be crooked and sly and conniving and underhanded, don't do it. It's not right to do it. I don't go over and visit the saints in Junction City. Brother Westward don't come over and visit the saints in Council Grove. He's got his territory and I got mine. And if you ain't got any ethics or you ain't got principle, you don't have much God. I think it's time that we men of God strengthen ourselves on principles and ethics and conduct and department. Instead of being a bunch of limp, wretched, weak, neat willies trying to fish out of somebody else's pond. I'm preaching this morning. I feel good about it. Hallelujah. I want to strengthen myself in some courtesies. I want to strengthen myself in some ethics. I want to strengthen myself in some principles. Can I hear an amen on that? Praise God. Let me tell you, Saint, you'll never make heaven floating around. I'm going to tell you that again. You'll never make heaven, Saint, floating around. Disgruntled over there and down on the dumps over here and bad-mouthing over there, floating around. You better get the cobwebs out of your mind and start strengthening yourself and get in the church, get under a man, get behind a man, and let God make something out of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm qualified to say this, so I'm not going to make it. I'm just saying what I'm saying. Praise God. I feel real good about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've seen men get up on a convention floor and make a fool out of themselves. It would have been better to have stayed home. Let me tell you, there's two people. God never had one good thing to say. And that's a lazy somebody and a fool. You read your Bible, God never spoke well of a fool. He never spoke well of a lazy somebody. You open your mouth, you need to know you got a brain in gear. Praise God. Oh, praise God. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm afraid of a bad spirit. I'm afraid of that something that's insubordinate. That's something that don't want to submit. Hallelujah, I'm afraid of that thing called bitterness. Praise God. Oh, rather than anything else, God, let me have a right spirit. Let me have a good spirit.
strengthen me, God, in the realm of my spirit. Let love be preeminent. Let love be predominant. I have separated from men. And I mean by that I got up and left the table and never went back. If they come by where I was pastoring, I would preach them. If I went by where they were pastoring, why, they would preach me. Some of them have left the UPC long ago. But I just sat there and I heard them badmouth the superintendent. I heard them badmouth the organization. And I was just afraid, Brother Westberg, of that spirit. I loved the men. They had good churches. They were able to, in the pulpit, they could preach. But there was something about that spirit. I knew it wasn't right. You, you, you just can't run men down. You just can't make statements that he's lower than a snake in the grass. Any of you making that kind of a statement about another minister, you better get in the altar. Hell's your home. Just having a good spirit in some areas that we, we need some strengthening. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I like for folks to get with me when I'm preaching, but I want to also get with them when they're preaching. Brother Fuller, I'll be backing you tonight. <laughs> I will be sitting on you. I'll be pulling. I'll be praying. I'll be behind you. I believe in this. I don't believe any of you got a right to sit back because you don't care about who's up preaching or who's up singing. That's wrong. That's carnal. Bible said of your respective persons, you commit sin and judges of evil thoughts. Praise God. Sardis, you need to strengthen some things you're lacking in. You need to build up some things that you're short on. Could I be preaching to a preacher today that you're short on ethics? You're, you're short on courtesy. Uh, you're, you're insubordinate. Uh, you don't want to come under. You're sardis. You're not fulfilling. Praise God. And we're not running the aisles right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've been around just a little while, not near as much as some others, but I've been around just a little while. I've seen some of these things that I'm preaching, and it always, if you don't get a hold of it, it'll ruin you. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I'm not going to go to his because I don't like him. Uh, you better get, I don't care if some old big reprobate, I'm going to shout anyway. Hallelujah! I'm not going to let somebody freeze me out. No, I want to be stronger than that. <laughs> Praise God. I want to strengthen myself. I, I've known preachers, they wouldn't come on the platform if they didn't like somebody was sitting up there. Wouldn't even get on the platform. Don't care for old so-and-so. 
He may not be all he should be, but I want to be all God wants me to be, so I'm just going to go right over and sit right down. If he's a reprobate and a hypocrite, that's between him and God. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope this is going over this morning. There's so many areas, you see, that people have never worked on. There's so many areas, so many weak things that somebody never worked on. There were some folks that never did deal with that lust. They never did some way really fortify. They never, that, that, that temptation, that weakness was always there, and they just never did, never did do much with it. And some folks say they had a temper, but you see, they never did do much of anything with it. They just let it run off and just kind of let it shoot off at the mouth. And they had a tongue they couldn't control, and they just let it go. And they just had a spirit they couldn't control, and they, control and they just let it go. You see, Sardis had some things she wasn't doing anything about. Praise God. And if I'm doing something that I'm not aware of. I want somebody to make me aware of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Notice he tells Sardis to repent or he's going to come on them as a thief. There will not be that expectancy of his coming. There will not be that anticipation of His coming. There will not be that thrill and longing for His coming. Praise God. I want to be looking for Him. I want to be ready for Him. Hallelujah. The Bible, the last promise is, Behold, I come quickly. The last prayer is, Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You see, the problem with Sardis, she didn't love his appearing. She didn't love his appearing because she was not ready. The reason she wasn't ready, she had unfulfilled works. She was in name only. She had a name that she was live, but she was dead. And so God is here telling her, You've got to strengthen these things. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's some things that Brother Fuller's kind of, well, that first message about that old log. Uh, he, he, I mean, he worked me over. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I want that old rudeness took off of me. I want that old rough shot took off of me. Some folks just kind of got to tell you off, just kind of chew you out, just kind of cut you down. Caddy remarks. You better let God take all that out of your life. Could we just raise your hands and love him?
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, I worship you, Lord. <clears throat> praise God, praise God. Want to be ready. Want to have the right spirit. David said, create.